Welcome back. Did you miss us? Because I missed y'all. Bringing in that season three energy. Season three. Gang, 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 gang. Yes. I am so happy to be back, Mav. Me too. I'm excited. I am excited. I, per usual, have literally no idea what we're talking about this entire season. Normally there's like a theme. Which is, again... I've seen the list. I've maybe you showed me the list, but I, if you did, I forgot. The list I'm so is sorry. genuinely always in the same place, <laughs> which is where we uh, upload all of the edits of the podcast. Like I know that you know where it is in general. Oh, I do because you do listen to every episode before it I goes do. out, and you edit some I of the do. episodes before they come out. So, like, very true. We've you've definitely used this uh, like Google Drive that we have. I have. Maybe I'm just blind but to also, the list. Well, I also feel like you kind of want to, like, you personally kind of want to come in, you know? Like, I give you the option to know if you want to. This is true. But there's no pressure in knowing. And the whole point of one of us doing all the research and the other one listening is that the other person can come in with fresh eyes and fresh ears and, like, you know what I mean? Just have, like, a a good take. Yes. If you will. Yes. Yeah. That is kind of my shtick, you know? I like to to come in with no, you know, preconceived notions about anything. And just, you know, just be here for the vibes. Yeah. And so I think let's that's vibe. Valuable. Thanks, All right. Matt. Um, You're arguably more valuable, but I'm okay with how, that. I'm ignoring that. How how have you been in the interim between season one and season two? Or season season, two and season one three? and season Oh, that's so far back, Matt. I have no idea what my <laughs> Forget life. season one, season what? two. <laughs> what happened? We don't even know them anymore. <laughs> Who are those people? Season two um, and season two three. Three. Let's see. We ended season two last year, what, November? October, yeah, November? Yeah, and we October. recorded that, like, we recorded that. No, we, it went out in November, but I'm not sure if we recorded that at last episode in October or not. October. Let's just say from October. Honestly, it, things have been terrible. You know, I've, I've been through some, some physical uh, ailments, yeah. which haven't been, you know, not ideal, but yeah. such is life. But, you know, I'm alive still. And You're on the mend. I'm am on the mend, healing. Sick-ass cast know? going on. Well, it's not really a cast. You have that sick-ass sling. <laughs> you know, the coolest the coolest thing about me. And and you know what? We're in our healing era, Map Healing era. I do kind of love an adult in a... Like, <laughs> a sling. A child in, sling. In like a cast. Well, you don't have a cast, but like an adult that's like broken their arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of this like, is hey. so juvenile. <laughs> You're just like, like, do you how, want me to sign your cast? How old I love are you? That. It's like it's kind of like an adult with braces, except <laughs> I'm sure that something happened to them, and I should feel bad about it. But just something about oh. it, because you know that the doctor's still going to ask you what color you want. This is true. I you hope they my, do at least. My doctor did not. Ask. Well, I'm not in a cast, so I it's yeah. a little little different. But I, you know, I, what? I hope, hope your take do. on this. Matt. If I, I ever have to be in a cast again, I'm going to be like, I know what I know what freaking color I want. Oh, for sure. And I, I know there's a there's a chance that you guys have glitter back there, and I want you to put it on there because <laughs> they will have glitter. Be bedazzled. When I was in a cast when I was like 13, they did have glitter. But honestly, the person that put it on my cast because I had my whole leg in a cast. Uh-huh. Like the whole leg, so yeah, a lot of surface area, and they just kind of gave up on the glitter <laughs> real early. They were like, "It's it's on there. Enough of it's on there. You can you it can was tell." Like, and I was like, "Sure, it's on my thigh, but uh, we're going all the way down to the toe, babe. Like, where's yeah. the glitter? What's happening? Oh, but I would, how, I would. How, how long did you have to be in that cast for, Matt? 
I had to be in the big boy for like six weeks. Oof. Rough. It's almost yeah, too much. Kids are resilient, though. Kids they are. are there. If there's any time I'd want to be in like a big ass cast like that, it would definitely yeah. be when I was a child. I will say I picked lime green for the big boy. Love that. And I, I chose it for a reason, but I'm struggling to remember any time that I liked lime green as a color. <laughs> so I don't know why I picked that, but I did pick it. Maybe they had limited <laughs> colors. But I Maybe. like. Did they not have a blue? Because I love a blue. I that's that's where I would have gone, but I yeah. you know I know different strokes for different folks, so. and I went lime green. I'm in my anyway. lime green era. <laughs> anyway, anyway, who are we talking about today, Mav? Okay, so before I tell you the couple and we really get into it, I just think that we have a few premiere season three announcements, or I guess just one. Basically, we are actually going to be consistent with the days that these come out for the rest of this season, which is the rest of the year, basically. You can count on new episodes once a month on the last Friday of every month. So get ready. This one will be out on the last Friday of February and then so on and so forth until November. Woo woo. Woo woo. How do you feel about that low? I love it. Love it. Locked in. We are aligned. We are. We're going to be consistent if it kills us. You'll see. And hopefully it won't, but it could. So just be aware. Okay. Uh, Okay. Oh, wait. No. Yeah. Ask again. Ask me again. Okay. So, who are we talking about today, Matt? Well, you know that after all know? of these episodes, I would still say that we cannot give you the best advice necessarily. I, I'm not well, saying we're, you know, experts in the field or anything like that. No, definitely so not. So, we may not be able to tell you how to break up, but at uh. least this is how Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton did it. <gasps> I... <laughs> I'm so excited to learn about them, and I'm slightly embarrassed to admit what I don't know about them, so I won't. That's fine. (laughs) Well, as you know, as the co-host of this podcast and one of my actual friends, the first episode- (gasps) Real friends. Real friends. Uh Uh The first episode of every season thus far has been- no, it's not like it's my favorite of the season, because I think as we go throughout the season and I learn more about the couples, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. you get you get favorite episodes that aren't necessarily your favorite like couple, but yeah. so far the first couple of every season has been You're just about one them. of my like obsession couples. You know what I mean? <laughs> and realistically what it is is that it's one of my like obsession like ladies. Do you know what I mean? Ooh. Like Cleopatra's the obsession. Mark Antony's oh, just yes. also there. Yes, yes. Lucille yes, Ball's I get you. the obsession. Of course. Desi Arnaz just is super great and also there. Right. Yes. So, you know, Elizabeth Taylor is the obsession. Uh, It's the only person I know out of the people that you mentioned. So That's so great. I love that for you. (laughs) Um, She was the only one I knew before I got into Cleopatra. Oh, well, that's a different. But you've always been into Cleopatra. We'll get to why. I mean, I wasn't born. (laughs) Sure. From birth. But yeah, these are all so far. I mean, I got really into... Uh, I Love Lucy when I started college, which I guess might be kind of late, but it was just, that's when I got into it. So I was a little bit older, but for Cleopatra and Elizabeth Taylor, it was legitimately like 13, you know, 13, 14. Is when you got into them? Is when I first started like, yeah. And I was back on like 
the OG days of YouTube when there like really wasn't stuff on YouTube. Like there weren't YouTubers. Yeah. It's just weird videos. I feel like before there were YouTube, I mean, like there were some YouTubers. I'm not like, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't like 2005, I guess. When is that when YouTube was created? Either way. I think so. Before there were really like YouTubers taking over the space. A lot of what YouTube was, was like videos of, I guess it still is videos, but it's like you would get 10 parts of an episode of a show. That, like, mm-hmm. should not be on YouTube, but they hadn't found it yet. That was yeah. the kind of stuff I was doing on YouTube. I was, like, looking up, like, typing in Cleopatra and watching every single video that anyone had ever made of Cleopatra. I'm talking, like, someone's um, project <laughs> that they had for social studies class that they just uploaded to YouTube because it's the easiest way to move a video. Yeah. Or, like, people's dissertations or, like, filmed versions of plays about her or the movies, like all of it. And it was the same thing with Elizabeth Taylor, just looking her up on YouTube. Any videos you could give me, I was watching. About it. I love that, Mav. I love that. And I love that for you. Yes. And I feel honored to be hearing this information from you since you've been holding on to it for so long. This is their, this is their tale. Okay, we're going to start with him because um, I, I don't do it every time, but I, usually I start with the person that I, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, the person that I'm usually less interested in. Now, I, there is no bad guy oh. in this story. It's not like we've Ooh. got a, it's not like we've got a villain coming through. But I just, I, as most people are, am obsessed with her and she needs her time. Yes. So we're going to do him first. <laughs> okay. Richard Burton was born Richard Walter Jenkins on November 10th, 1925 in Wales. Okay. Now, he was, of course, in a city in Wales. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say almost any of the Welsh words. And so I'm so sorry. They're not here. Uh, His parents are Richard Sr. Love it. And his mother's Edith. Edith Jenkins. He is the 12th of 13 children. Gosh, damn. That's so much. His father. Did you hear me say 1925? Because you didn't um, remark about how long ago that was. You know what? I I missed the year map. But now you say it. Well, that's almost a hundred years ago. That's a really long time ago. It is a really long time ago. I feel it's, like in the spectrum of things that we've talked about, it's like I know not, it's a little more modern if you can believe it. It truly is, but it's they're still old as fuck. I mean, well, obviously, Elizabeth, they're all they're all dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the dates are hitting when we were not only alive, alive. but aware. Oh, you know what I mean. Well, that's lovely. Maybe I'll yeah. know some more things that I didn't know that I knew. Um, so he's the twelfth of thirteen children. His father was a coal miner, and his mother worked as a barmaid. Um, according to Richard, his dad was a drunk, and he would disappear for weeks at a time. His mother died when he was two years old, six days after the birth of his younger brother Graham. That's sad. That is Wait, sad. Younger, like the the. Well, I guess definitely had to yeah. be like the last one in line. So then. yeah, he's the twelfth of thirteen children. The oh. 13th of 13, Graham was born two years later and his mother died six days after Graham was born. Yeah, she was really put to the test with all those That's a lot children. Of children. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And um, Richard's oldest brother is 19 years older than him. So that's like Ooh. how long she's been having all these kids, you know? Yeah, what? Yeah, so fucked up. But okay. After her death, Richard was taken in by his older sister, Cecilia, who he called Cis, like C-I-S. Cecilia. Yep. And uh, her family, which included her two daughters, which were technically his nieces, and a coal miner husband. I think it's a coal mining town. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, she's married to a coal miner. Okay. Yeah, she's an adult lady. 
You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Oh, yes. I, I mean, mean, she's not that old, but she is an adult lady. She's not like 30, but she is like in her late teens, <laughs> early 20s. I guess she, old enough in 1925 to be married with two kids. Yeah, which is like 12, but yes. It's, I, yeah, I don't know how old she is. I only know that uh, his older brother is 19 years older than him. So I'm not sure if she's older than I4, his older brother. But his older brother, I4, who's 19 years older, as I've said many times at this point, was more of a father figure to him than his own father. Uh, And he often said that his sister was a real mother to him. Yeah, his father is just a drunk that disappears for weeks at a time. Well, that's sad. But okay. Um, His I4 was a minor, but he was also a rugby player. And he taught Richard how to play rugby. And he nurtured his rugby talent, which actually Richard was pretty good at. His what? Rugby talent. No, no, no. No, no. Before that, you said his his something it his nurtured his talent. This whole oh. sentence has been about Richard playing rugby. Can you what, can you say the beginning of the sentence again? Mm-hmm. I for his older brother. Ah, uh. I, I for was a minor and a rugby player and taught Richard how to play okay. and nurtured his rugby talent, which he was actually pretty good at. That's impressive because rugby's hard as fuck. Rugby so. is hard as fuck. It seems like Welsh people are hard as fuck, though. You know what I mean? The, yeah, they're they're built a little different for sure. Uh, Richard was also pretty good in school. He won a scholarship to a secondary school in 1937 when he was 12 years old. He was the first member of his family to go to a secondary school. So oh. again, I didn't research this specifically, and I guess I could have because it wouldn't have taken that long. But mm. I think that there's, I think the secondary school, which the only frame of reference for the actual. Uh, British or UK school system is Harry uh-huh. Potter. <laughs> That's not real, though. I know it's not real, but Harry went to Hogwarts at like 11, and I think it's mirroring I think he might be like a year ahead or something, but I think it's mirroring the muggle school system, or the like normal school system in the UK. Oh. So uh, it's like, I think he basically like is the first member of his family to go to middle school. Like, it's not college. But, so you don't have to? Like, I, You don't then? have to. I guess in 1925, you definitely didn't have to. I... Don't know if you have to in general, because I don't know anything about their school system. Like, ever? That doesn't seem correct, Matt. I think you probably have to go until you're 18 now in the UK. Yeah, or at least 16. You can't just not go to middle. I mean, well, again, I don't know. But, in, you know, I don't know. But I don't know what any of it means. <laughs> but I know that he did. He went to that school when he was 12. And he was the first member of his family to go to that kind of school. Oh, so I would say none like of advanced. his older brothers and sisters did any school past 12. Okay. Interesting. He okay. excelled in singing and recitation, and he had a distinct interest in poetry and literature. Wow. He's a jock and an artiste. How I don't know that he's a jock. Unique. Like, I don't think he's on the rugby team. You know what I mean? I think oh, he just can not? play rugby. <laughs> Why would I'm he really not, be- not sure. Oh. And I okay. kind of think that this is after he went to the secondary school that he was interested in all this stuff. So I think maybe he maybe he didn't have time for rugby. I really, you know what? We're putting a lot of thought into whether he's playing rugby or not. <laughs> and I don't think he cared about rugby no, like I okay. do right now. No, I mean, I don't care about it at yeah. all. True. I need to let it go. <laughs> okay. So he's he's a, he's a smart guy, though. He's got a good head on his he's shoulders. Doing, he's doing good, yeah. Uh, Professor Philip Burton became a mentor and important guide in Richard's life at school. He encouraged Richard to act and worked with him to perfect his memorable speaking voice. Richard Burton was famous for his speaking voice. It was very low. His accent was very, I think, it, I don't think it was a specifically Welsh accent. I think he, uh, f- as he was learning sort of Shakespeare and stuff, sort of adapted a little bit more of a British accent, but I'm not totally sure. 
But he has a really deep, like, beautiful voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I guess even at 13. Wow. Yeah. Richard left school in 1941 to work in the mines and help with various war efforts, eventually joining the Royal Air Force, where he found Philip again, who was uh, now a squadron leader. Philip Wait, who's, helped- who's Philip? Uh, Professor Philip Burton. It was his mentor at school. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, Philip helped Richard get a role in a radio play that he had written, and he cast him in a local play that he was producing. As time continued, he got Richard back into school and nurtured him through the early steps in his career. When Richard needed more acting tutors, like when Philip recommended that he get more tutor, more acting tutoring and things like that. Yeah. Um, Philip suggested that he sort of take Richard in. And so he left, Richard left Sis's house, his sister's house. Yeah. To move into one of Philip's extra rooms or to like move into a lodging house closer to school and like near Philip. And mm-hmm. his mentor paid for his classes. And he also paid for his like clothing and anything that he needed. He took him in basically. Okay. Nice guy so far. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, he's fine. Oh, okay, great. Uh, I will say Philip Burton from, wh- I've seen people say that he was gay. I don't know. If that's been, like, confirmed, mm-hmm. seems like it's probably true. He's definitely, like, a lifelong bachelor. Oh. And so there were, um, there were, there was some trepidation from Richard's, like, family, like, his sister and brothers that, like, like, what are your real intentions? But the place that Richard lived, it's not like he lived in Philip's house. Uh-huh. It was, like, a boarding house that had other people and other adults in it. It wasn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like oh, that. Oh, right. And, like, he wasn't, like, and sleeping... It- and it just genuinely wasn't like that. But like when you're, yeah. when you don't know the fact that it was sort of a public boarding house that had uh, like a woman and her children also living there, mm-hmm. you know, things like that made the family more comfortable. Yeah. Yes. And just okay. in general, like it's, uh, it's Richard never said that anything happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And okay. they were close for the rest of Philip's life. So it's like, oh. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was a good guy. Yeah. So, uh, in 1943, when Richard was 18, Philip tried to adopt him, but he was just barely too young. You had to be 21 years older than the person that you were adopting to be able to adopt them. And he was like 20 years. 21 years. Oh, okay. Uh huh. uh -huh. And then Philip was like 20 years and like eight months. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Mm. Or like, so he just was like, by a few weeks, he was too young. So he couldn't adopt him, but he could make Richard his ward. And so I don't know specifically, but Richard became his legal ward and changed his name to Richard Burton. What does legal ward mean? I think I think part of the legal ward is the changing of the name and sort of an unofficial adoption. But it also allowed Philip to sort of use his name and prowess to get opportunities for Richard. I see. Okay. You know. Yeah. So win-win. Well, win for Richard. Well, Richard was able to go to Oxford for a six weeks course, which is great. Like he's the first member of his family to go to secondary school. And now he's going to Oxford. So like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, It was hard for his father to allow him to be adopted, particularly because the name change as his father felt like the only thing he'd ever been able to give Richard was his name. And now he's changing it. So like, that was sad. Aww, but uh, well. his his father was so, I guess the story is his father was so upset about that and didn't know what to do because obviously it's a good opportunity for your son and you don't want to take it away from him. But like yeah. you have your own feelings. He just never showed up to the ward meeting. 
you know, the like uh, legal office where they the were dad, filling out the paperwork. The so, yeah, the dad just no showed it. What a d bag! And so he got. I mean, he got super drunk the night before and then never showed up. And so you're kind of like maybe I, proving their point a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe. I I think it was just sort of a I I sense from Richard is that first of all his lack of a father was always something that affected him, but was never something that he was. Th- I mean, you know, it affects everyone, right? That's naturally mm-hmm. going to affect you. So I'm not saying it didn't affect him but it wasn't like he walked around angry at his father he was oh, just good. sort of like that's what it is you know yeah and Aww. hopefully having people like i4 and having people like philip in his life was like well if i don't have my actual dad like i have people that want to take care of you know take care of me yes. and support me like that yeah for the next few years he was in the air force and doing plays slowly getting his name out there and receiving good reviews for his acting in 1948 when he was 23 he moved to london and got a contract for stage work and a part in a movie called the last days of dolwyn Ooh. on the film set he met sybil williams a welsh sybil. actress and they got married on February 5th, 1949. Wow, fast. Okay. She was said to be no nonsense and helped keep Richard grounded as his career began to take off. Wow. Okay. Okay. He did a few more. I say take off. It's all, you know, it's a trudge up the. Yes. It's a slow the hill burn. For like 99% slow. of actors, it's a trudge. <laughs> yes. They're working hard and then all of a sudden it seems like they got here yesterday. Yeah. He did a few more films in England and was a promising future for the British film industry. Like he was the hot new thing, you know? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Nice. At, at the time, he was also doing theater work and bringing Perry's praised there as well he even went to broadway for a run of the play the ladies not for burning mm-hmm. his role as prince hal in henry the fourth got such great reviews that he was called the next Lawrence olivier the next Lawrence olivier i know who that is yeah you know the olivier awards Lawrence. oh well there you go that's what like the french oscars Lawrence. oh well I'm so he's, sure. he's real famous he's a, around he's those a, parts he's a real big deal yeah yeah um yeah. finally in 1952 he made his way to Hollywood to make the film My Cousin Rachel. He also did a movie called The Robe that same year. Both made money at the box office and earned him good reviews. He got a Golden Globe win for like best newcomer and a nomination for, I I don't remember, one of the actors uh, for My Cousin Rachel. And he got an Oscar nom for The Robe. For The Robe. Yeah. So he's doing good. Yeah. No, he's killing killing the game right now. Killing the game. The success of The Robe allowed Richard to sign a new deal with Fox that would start after he did a season at the old Vic Theater in London. Okay. At a party um, that was held to celebrate the success of The Robe in Hollywood, which was attended by many celebrities, also had an interesting guest, Elizabeth Taylor. (gasps) Oh my goodness. What year was this? Uh, 1952. Okay. Um, We haven't really talked about Richard's personality yet. Oh, uh uh-huh. But he... uh, Honestly, he is very slutty. Oh, he's, Sybil, he's a little bit of a of a waste. Isn't bit, he married? A little bit. Oh yeah. Sybil didn't but, always go to Hollywood with him, so I'm not sure if she was sort of at this party or at things. But she did go. Like she didn't just not go. Yeah. But she wasn't always. She wasn't like with him 24 seven. And even when she was there, so like when she wasn't there, he was definitely screwing around. And even when she was there, he was still screwing around. Wow. And he was like becoming even at that point after he'd only been there for like a few months or like a year was kind of already known in Hollywood for being a ladies' man. 
time. The audacity. Yeah. I'm not even sure if they interacted at this party because the way they talk about it makes it seem like they didn't. They just saw each other from afar. Mm. But they both distinctly remember each other at this party and had opinions of each other at this party. Oh, what were the opinions? Elizabeth, who was also married at the time, disliked him immediately because he was just like flirting with other girls throughout the party and she just knew he was this like slut, basically. And she was not interested in being in uh, being another notch on his belt. Richard, however, was fully blown away by her beauty. Yeah. He said, I was enjoying this small social triumph, but then a girl sitting on the other side of the pool lowered her book, took off her sunglasses and looked at me. She was so extraordinarily beautiful that I nearly laughed out loud. She was unquestioningly <laughs> gorgeous. She was lavish. She was a dark, unyielding largesse. She was, in short, too bloody much. And not only that, she was totally ignored ignoring me <laughs> which she was not ignoring him no she was fully on the other side just being like mm-hmm. they made eye Judging. contact yes yeah. so funny that his initial reaction to her beauty I mean, was, was to laugh we'll but. get to her. that's how beautiful she was that you just have to like be like <laughs> you're just what? like <laughs> what even is that <laughs> What even what is, is going that? On? What, am, what am I looking at right now? Is oh, this? Am I on yeah. Earth anymore? I feel like if I would have looked at Brad Pitt in his prime, like Brad Pitt in the nineties, <laughs> I might have just laughed out loud. I'm just like, what is even <laughs> happening? So sorry, I just <laughs> laughed in your face. But it's, why do it's... you look like that? <laughs> I would just laugh there's and no then way. have to leave the party. Oh, there's no way you really exist like that, Brad. No He's way. It's crazy. It's crazy. She's so pretty. Okay. The next few years were less successful with Burton making some bad films while under contract. Uh, personally, things were going well, though. Sybil and Richard had two children during this time. They had Kate in 1957 and Jessica in 1959. Kate Burton, however, is an icon all by herself. Yes. Because she's in Grey's Anatomy. Ooh. Is she really? She's in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. She had a really good role in Grey's Anatomy. She's, you know, Meredith Grey, the main character? Yeah. Grey's Anatomy? She's yeah. her mom. Oh, very interesting. She's her mom. Who interesting. They have a complicated relationship. And then in, she's also in Scandal, which is <gasps> my personal favorite. Great show. I Great love show. Scandal. She's the vice president in the beginning, if you've seen Scandal. Oh. I, I have not in a long time. Yeah, so she's I'm less familiar she's the, with that role of hers. She's the but. vice president. She's the southern lady mm-hmm. that they have to like deal with. You know what I mean? <laughs> she is yeah. great. She's like her characters are awful and you hate them, but that's just because she's so good. You oh, know? Yeah. I love her. Yeah. So she's in a lot of the Shondaland shows. Like she's definitely in that vibe for sure. They're, they're homies, her and Shonda. Yeah. And she's been in other stuff too, but that's what she's been in that is to me fully iconic. Yeah. And I okay. didn't know until like a couple years ago that she was Richard Burton's daughter. I knew her name was Kate Burton, but that's not like, yeah. that could Burton's just be a, a name. Yeah. Tim and Burton then I, I literally knew that her. Her name was Kate Burton. No, not related Tim Burton. I knew that she was Kate Burton and I knew that he had a daughter named Kate Burton and I still was like, that's not, those are different people. Wow. Wow, man. I was, yeah, it's wrong. That's who she is. An icon. An icon Icon. created by an icon. An icon of icon. Conatry. Yep. Makes sense, though. In 1960, when he was 35, Richard returned to Broadway to huge success. He starred as King Arthur in Camelot opposite Julie Andrews. <gasps> Love her. Pre, uh, I I think pre um everything, pre Sound of Music, pre, maybe not pre Sound of Music, but definitely pre My Fair Lady, pre. So this was her to like um, the beginning of her stardom. Yeah. Mary Poppins. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm trying to think of the word <laughs> Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, I mean, she was young, right? Are you asking me? No. She was young. 
I don't know how old she was in 1960, but she was certainly uh, younger than Richard Burton, who was 35. Actually, Julie hmm. Andrews is like not famous for, I guess, but it's said that Julie Andrews is like the only co-star that he didn't hook up with and have an affair with. Oh, wow. Because she's just so good. She's like, I yeah. am uninterested in. Like, you couldn't even if you tried. In the nicest way, I'm uninterested. <laughs> Respectfully, uh, no fucking thank you. Yeah. The play was a huge success and he won a Tony. Love that for him. Love that for him. Okay, six months later in 1961, he met with the producer Walter Wanger about replacing the second male lead in the already troubled production of Cleopatra. Already troubled. Yep. We'll pause him right there. Oh, no. Dame Elizabeth rosemond taylor is dame like a like a like a, a title yeah 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 she was oh, okay she was, she's she, she had some, she was damed some, some things in her legacy she's an icon everyone an icon. is i'm just yelling about it at this point okay <laughs> Um, she was born February 27th, 1932. There is a six year and some months age difference between them. Just so you know, for keeping track. She's like not terrible. Not you know? terrible. Like, and especially because they met when they standard. were both like, they, we met when, they met when they were both like Adults. late 20s, 30s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, she's the daughter of art dealer Francis and stage actress Sarah. Ooh. Both originally from Kansas. Elizabeth has a dual citizen in U.S. She was born in London, but she has dual citizenship. Shout out to Kansas. Yeah. They were well established in high society, but they left London when World War II started in 1939. And they left because Joseph P. Kennedy Sr., the ambassador, like the U.S. ambassador to England or the U.K., personally called them and told them to go back home. To go back home to go back to to go back to america he was basically like it's getting bad over here we gotta go wow so they left because they were personally asked to by the ambassador they were escorted out of the country if the name joseph p kennedy senior sounds familiar to you he's the father of john f kennedy (gasps) i was gonna ask if he's that's those kennedys kennedy he's one of those he's not only is he one of the kennedys he's the patriarch of the whole family he's all of the kennedys that you know today the head of the kennedys yeah he's their grandfather or their great-grandfather wow what a guy he had you know what a guy so they're they're friends with those kennedys before they're even those kennedys oh they're high society before they even know what high society is they move back to the States and they settle in Beverly Hills. That's the kind of wealth we're talking about with Elizabeth Taylor. Makes sense. Makes sense. Elizabeth was strikingly beautiful, even as a child. Her mother was constantly being told to like get her into acting because she's, you know, she should be a model. She should be an actress. And yeah. her mom's like, she's three. Mm-hmm. She Calm should down. be a three-year-old, but uh, yeah. go off. Um, share. So she auditioned. So And when she auditioned, both Universal and MGM offered Elizabeth contract. Ooh. How old Sarah, is she at this point now? Sarah chose Universal, and in 1941, at age nine, Elizabeth started her acting career with a small role in the movie There's One Born Every Minute. So she chose MGM? Or no, Universal. Universal. And she's nine. She's nine. Okay. She didn't get any other roles after that, though, and her contract oh. with Universal ended in a year. Mm. After that, her dad got her an audition. Like, her dad used some of his connections, mm-hmm. and he got her an audition for that, an audition that landed her a role in the movie Lassie Come Home. As in Lassie the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that movie was with MGM and she got a contract with them. Ooh, so she's switching teams a little bit. 
bit. Yeah. Her breakout role was in National Velvet, where she played a young girl who dreams of entering an all-boy horse race. So it's okay. like a horse, it's a girl horse movie. Yeah. The plot of so many films. The movie became a huge hit, and Elizabeth was suddenly a movie star at age like 11 or 12. Wow. Just peaking. Peaking so early in life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you think she peaks and she just keeps going. That's you know true. what I mean? It's like she when you doesn't think... doesn't have yeah, a peak. She has like, no peak. She's like Mount Everest times infinity. She did more movies at MGM and slowly, you know, MGM sort of meticulously and slowly matured her from a child star into like a teen star, you know, kind of moving mm-hmm. her up as she ages. Uh, yeah. Starting at like 15, they were sending her out like sexily for like, I mean, like it's the 50s or the mm-hmm. late 40s. So like not sexy, sexy, you know what I mean? Like 1940, yeah. 1945 sexy. Show but like kneecap. she, yeah, she started getting compared to like adult screen sirens. Oh. And like com- they were comparing her looks and it was just like, okay, but she's 14. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't be comparing the 14 year old with the 28 year old. Like maybe that's different. <laughs> A little different, but whatever. Little different. Uh, in May of 1950, at age 18, Elizabeth married hotel heir Conrad, in quotes, Nicky Hilton Jr. So he goes by Nicky, but his name's Conrad. Okay. Paris Hilton's great uncle. Ah. He's one of those Hiltons. One of those. One of, one of the probably OG Hiltons. His dad, Conrad Hilton Sr., is the OG Hilton, I think. I think, Close. I think his. I think his dad's the one that built the hotels, if I'm not mistaken. Got you. Okay. Uh, her wedding was used as a as publicity for her new movie, Father of the Bride, which also starred Spencer Tracy as her dad. Wow. So the, fa- the Father of Bride that we know, you and me, yeah. yes. with Steve Martin, is a remake of that movie. And actually, they're both good. Yeah. It's a pr- it's basically the same. The Steve Martin version is great. And it is my personal favorite because it's what I grew up on. Yeah. It's the only one I know. And it's... It's similar, if not the same story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the main storyline is the same. Yeah. Uh, but obviously they update it, you know. Right. This yes. one's set in the 50s. So it's like that situation. But it's good. I would, you know, I would recommend watching it. The original, the O-O-O-G. Yeah, the original. Yeah. Especially because you've already seen and liked the one from the 90s. So you like true. go into the original understanding what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's nice. Maybe and I'll I, check it out. I can't remember if it's in color or not off the top of my head. Mm. Well, that's okay. Either way. Um, Elizabeth's personal life up to this point had kind of always been used by MGM for publicity. She Uh had been paired with a famous football player and then the son of an ambassador. And she was like proposed to a bunch. Just so, but she also like wanted to get married young. It seems oh. like she was eager, probably to some extent, to escape escape the control of like her mother, but also the studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. She quickly realized, however, that marrying Nikki Hilton was a mistake. He was abusive <gasps> and violent. Ooh, she had a miscarriage. She like the the abuse was so bad that she had a miscarriage during one of their fights. Oh no. They got Gotta married in. Yeah. I don't. They were divorced like less than a year later. The marriage was over by December of that year and they were divorced by January 1951. She got a divorce on the grounds of mental cruelty. So He sounds like he's a piece of work. Um, I think someone is, I don't know if it was like Paris Hilton or someone, I think someone has talked about him and that situation and like, I don't know. Uh. But really did. You know, she just kind of moved on. Yeah. She didn't really spend too much time, like, talking about him after they were broken up. Well, that's, I mean, kudos to her. Yeah. Well, I think she just is bigger, better moving on, babes. Yeah. Um, That year yep. she did a movie. So 1951, she did a movie called uh, Place in the Sun, uh-huh. where she received critical claim and met her lifelong friend, Montgomery Cliff. Oh. Who we, I love Montgomery Cliff. He's oh, so, we. he's so handsome. We love that guy. Who is that guy? He's an actor. Okay. He's one of those kind of Marlon Brando types. He did method acting. Oh, 
interesting. Okay. He's very handsome. Like if I showed you a picture of him, you'd be like, damn, that is a handsome looking man. Uh, He also uh, is gay or was gay. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. But he is one of many gay men that Elizabeth is like best buds with, you know? I love that. In a time where they were all closeted, they were like, you know what I mean? I was like, was he out? Did she know he was was gay? He was not out. She knew. I think that they were set up as like a potential PR couple thing. Oh. And she very quickly realized (laughs) <laughs> and they were best buds. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I just like sh- every every story about her is just always like, oh, she's just kind of the coolest. Yes. I love her. Similar to Richard's story, she just kept working, except in Elizabeth's case, she kept working as one of the biggest up and coming stars in Hollywood. Okay. She got married again to actor Michael Wilding in 1952. Ooh, he so, was so fast. He was 20 years older than her gross but he was also just like a really chill dude okay she hoped to finally settle down and he hoped her fame would help boost his career i think that with elizabeth the situation is that she stopped being a child like after national velvet she said that her like childhood Mm -hmm. ended when the fame started to begin right okay so marrying someone 20 years older than you doesn't seem that weird when you felt like an adult since you were 10 right but you weren't it still is weird and as you sort of grow she probably realized how weird it was i don't even know if she ever realized how weird it was but just sort of was like i could have been having fun you know yeah she wanted to get married it's also like was kind of a different time 20 she's 20 at this point 19 you know you're just sort of like i need to be getting married and having kids yeah sure i think that's the vibe she was in and she just hoped that she found i mean the op seems like the polar opposite of nikki hilton the like the calm gentle yeah she told stories about how she would like try and get him to fight with her because she she's i mean she's an not an unproblematic fave she has some quotes where she's basically saying like i like being hit and you're like baby girl stop saying that (laughs) i think that at some point she liked the passion of fighting yeah and the physical part that can come when people fight was not a problem for her like the angry sex is that what yeah 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 and that's such a fine line and she she just you know he didn't want to hit her he was like i'm not gonna hit you well yeah what a what a and she's like what a pussy how dare Um, you wow you know yeah but whatever um (laughs) that so you know what i mean they were a little mismatched she she thought she wanted to settle down but for her settling down and his settling down are two different things she didn't seem like she wanted to settle down at all or maybe just be toxic but just with like one person she wants you know she's looking for a match and she just hasn't found him yet yes she wants someone to match her fire and energy yeah she's also a lot you know what i mean we haven't really talked about her personality either yet she's i mean fun for me but she's diva she's mariah carey you know what i mean she is Mm. i know my worth i know what i'm doing i know my value and i will get it yeah i'm not gonna do something i don't want to do just because you're telling me to do it right you gotta respect that i you know i might just become obsessed with it in 1956 elizabeth started filming giant which also starred james dean and rock hudson okay heavy hitters heavy some heavy ass hitters i tell you what while she was filming the papers reported michael threw a party with strippers which in theory could have been the reason that they broke up but i don't think so and we'll get into why Uh, even if uh, he did uh, throw a a party with strippers that she was just like i i don't care (laughs) okay but more likely it had just run its course she was bored like i was saying and his career 
never got better. So it was sort of always a thing where Elizabeth Taylor knew that she was Elizabeth Taylor, but she didn't necessarily want to be the only person making money in the family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She wanted the I, the 1950s ideal of like the man makes the money, the man takes care of everything and you just, you know, you take care of the house and you get to be pretty and whatever and, you know, you yeah. get nice things. That's what she sure. was looking for. Okay. In the, at least in, ni- in the 50s is kind of what she was looking for. I think the real problem for Elizabeth Taylor as she grew up was like, that's what she wanted, but she was not that person. Right, yeah. She's already so... She was not the Mrs. Cleaver, like, yeah. And she didn't... I think she honestly didn't want to be. She wanted to be in these movies and she wanted to be the sort of badass, like, bitch that she was. You know what I mean? But in 1953 or 56, whatever year we're in, that Mm. is what she wanted. That's what she was looking for. She was looking for some guy... that's what's expected. That was going to take care of her and Michael Wilding was just not that guy. He never made the most money in the group and I think she always, like... I don't think he cared about it that much, but I think she did. I think she looked down on him for not oh, making she, more money than she her. She resented him a bit, yeah. And like, you know, she's supporting the whole family and the whole lifestyle. Did I tell you that they had two sons? I think I skipped that part. You they did. had two sons. Wow. Uh, they had Michael in 1953 and Christopher in 1955. Oh. That's my bad. So they were So before she even a... goes to film in 1950... Yeah, they got married in 53. I thought 52. Hold on. They got married in 52. Yeah. They got married in 52, had Michael in 53, had Christopher in 55. I think she did movies in between here. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But in 1956, after Christopher's born is when she goes to film Giant. And that's kind of where we are now, Okay, gotcha. With okay. their breakup. Yes. So they have like two kids at home. You. You're boring as shit. I'm leaving. Yeah. Bye. They got divorced in 1957, but they remain friends. Oh, well, that's yeah. nice. I mean, they do have children together. So They have children together. And I feel like she's just kind of like, I, we just don't mesh. You know, mm-hmm. personality wise, we don't mesh. It's not because we don't like each other. It's we're just done. Mm-hmm. Giant was a huge hit and a huge critical success. It was it's it's one of those movies that's it's an American epic. It takes place in Texas on a like oil farm. Mm-hmm. And it's like a three plus hour, it might even be four hour long movie oh my God. of like this man's entire life, like Rock Hudson character's entire life. Yeah. And it's it's a big boy. You know, it sounds long and daunting. It's a big boy. Um, it was uh, so it was a huge hit, critical success. But during filming, that was when James Dean crashed his car and died. Oh god! It was while filming Giant. He never finished that movie. They finished the movie. They like you know did what they could with what they had of him and you know finished the movie. But he died while they were filming, and she still had to film her coverage for their scenes. Crazy. And she I, was close friends with him. Like she had become yeah. friends with him over shooting. And so she's like grieving and pretending to still talk to him. That's a lot. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. Pretty heavy. I don't know how and you do that. Rock Hudson and James Dean did not get along during filming, mm-hmm. but they both got along with her. Mm. I, and also what seems to keep happening in my opinion is people within the industry have some stuff to say about her. Like producers might have some choice words negative to say about her. And some of the directors might have some negative things to say about her. But everyone that actually works with her loves her. She makes, you know, lifelong friendships with these people. And, you know, I think it's just like if you're trying. She had trouble with the director of Giant specifically because he was determined to, quote unquote, break her and make her do rid her of the diva behavior, uh, get her to act exactly like he wanted her to act. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. oh, so you want to take her from being Elizabeth Taylor to just being like a robot for you? Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like she was so pretty that everyone i know i keep going back to that but i can't 
stress it enough. She was like one of the most beautiful women in her time, period. That people looked at her and they wanted her to be exactly what like they wanted, you know, they wanted her to sit down and behave exactly like they wanted her to behave. And then when she was a real human being, they got pissed about it. Yeah. And the people that just saw her as a real human being loved her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's my opinion. He was probably a little insecure, that guy. I tell you what, I don't, I didn't write his name down. I can't remember who it is. So I don't know if it's like a, a big successful director, but it's not one of the top 10 names that I've heard. And Elizabeth Taylor is one of those top 10 names. So yes, yes. I don't think we're missing out on much, Matt. Yeah. Um, where'd I go? Where did I go? Okay. Her performance in Giant got rave reviews, but she was, she didn't get an Oscar nom, even though her other co-stars did. Oh. Spicy. A little bit of, little bit of um, some, judgment some, on the Oscars. Salty, but honestly, par for the course. Maybe it, you know what? Academy, maybe it really was. Par for the maybe course. it was a big year. You know, sometimes when you're doing research, especially on stuff that happened a long time ago, where like maybe I don't remember everything that was done that year. Mm-hmm. You know, like because mm-hmm. they have uh, Peter O'Toole, if I'm not mistaken, never. Which we'll talk about him in a second. But Peter O'Toole didn't win an Oscar for Lawrence of Arabia, oh. which is an epic movie, and he did a great job. One of the top ten. You know, definitely one of the top performances ever in a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he yeah. didn't win. Sham. Everyone talks about it like that. Oh, man, he was robbed. He did so good. The winner that year was Gregory Peck for To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh. So it was just a tough year, guys. You know? Yeah. It was just like that. It's not so, you know, when you say things like, oh, she deserved to be nominated. Like, she definitely did deserve to be nominated for how good she is in that movie. I have no idea what else came out that year. Right. So right. that's right. the the issue with the Oscars is that they know, you know, they can only do the top five of that year they can't tell you if next year's gonna suck so we should you know nominate eight you know what i mean yeah yes i get you back then it was probably a little more uh fair well no or, you i know, mean less, i guess it's less, it's less political if you mean yeah i guess it's never been fair or political but you're just even looking at it this year there were plenty of people that they were like oh this person should have been nominated that person should have been nominated and you're right you were totally right they did a very good job that is certainly worthy of being nominated for an oscar however <laughs> there are only five there are only five slots and which one of those five are you taking out? You know, I think those five are is an arbitrary number. You could, I mean, it should it should reflect because at whatever point they decided that five should be the number that it gets well, nominated, the, like it should. The best picture it, can be up to ten, so the best picture has some room to expand and contract depending on the year. The all other of ones it should don't. map all of it. Why? I who hear said you? that? Who made up these rules? I don't know. The Academy did, it is, but it's just based on what? Like, I get it. You don't know what's going to come out next year, but you can see a body of work that came yeah, out for a certain fair. year. And if there are more than the number that you arbitrarily decided on, I think yeah, because I think the way like, they okay. do, I think the way they do best pictures and the reason it can expand and contract is because they take the top however many from all of the ones that are voted on in the very first round for nominations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At the nominating stage, they can tell how many are getting a certain percentage of votes and those are all the ones that move forward so yeah they definitely could do it but they didn't and they certainly didn't in 1957 no okay uh in 1957 she started rain tree county which was supposed to be kind of a gone with the wind knockoff another big epic Mm -hmm. and she was starring it was her second movie with montgomery cliff her best friend yeah unfortunately unfortunately and this is kind of you know the beginning of the downhill for no he did not die thankfully but he it's it's the beginning of the end i guess for him although i think he lives for another like 20 years or something but he gets in a terrible accident they're basically they're filming on set let me see if i can i I might not remember all the details and i didn't write them down because it's very sad but very basically he gets in a an accident i can't remember if he 
I think he had to have been in a car that just on like a, it's on like one of those side roads. He like went, drove off the side road and like ran into a tree or something like that. Or maybe he drove into a ditch. I think he was in an accident. He was in an accident on the way home from a party that Elizabeth and everyone else on the crew was at. They heard the accident and ran to him. Like, you know, Uh some people went to go and get like get an ambulance and then she and other people ran to him to help. Uh And she pulls he's pulled out of the car. I don't know if she did or not. He's not breathing. She has to literally take her hands into his throat and pull out his teeth because his teeth got knocked in when he got in the accident and they went down his throat and he couldn't breathe. So she had to literally pull his teeth out of his throat and like perform CPR to get him breathing again. And she saved his life. Wow. Well, that's really sweet. I mean, very It was very traumatic for him also because he was, as I said, so handsome. He like his face got messed up in the accident and he kind of like never looked the same. And it like it didn't end his career. But I think the idea of him being a sort of romantic heartthrob lead was kind of not going to happen anymore. Now, I have seen and even in this movie, they had to keep filming and they sort of had to film him at different angles and with specific Mm. lighting. So you kind of couldn't tell. But I've definitely seen him after the accident. He's still super fucking hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not. Not perfect looking, but he's still super hot. So, but yeah, I think he was already a drinker, and I think his drinking kind of got worse. And you know, is that why he crashed in the first place? I I don't remember, and I don't even remember if he was in the car. Like maybe he got hit by a car. You know? Oh, I don't. You know, I don't remember. I do know that he got an accident. His teeth got knocked down his throat. She had to pull it out, and his face was disfigured. Very sad. Rough time. Um, I, in my opinion, this movie isn't particularly well remembered today. I know what it is but i am obsessed with her so obviously yes, yes. Uh, i've never have, seen it though <laughs> i have no idea didn't even and also rain tree county i'm sure that it is supposed to in uh, evoke memories of like the south or whatever uh-huh. it sounds like a rainforest cafe to me and i can't <laughs> not a fan like a rain tree sounds like it's in the rainforest cafe to me you know yes and yes. i don't think that's true that would make sense that would make i would sense. totally believe that rain tree county is like a place in georgia that i just don't know about really but to me in my heart <laughs> it's rainforest cafe <laughs> Yeah, Every you time I read it, it's at the Rainforest Cafe. It's Rainforest Cafe. There is an elephant animatronic right next to your terrible pasta dish because <laughs> you're at the Rain Tree Cafe. Rainforest Cafe. Feel it. Not the Rain Tree Cafe. Feel that. Okay. Okay. But anyway, sorry. So the movie's not particularly well remembered today, but it, at the time it was very successful. And yeah. she got her first Oscar nom for supporting actress in the film. Hey, look at that. On February 2nd, 1957, a week after divorcing Wilding, Elizabeth married producer Mike Todd. Wow. She was... Just married? Not even like... She was married. three months pregnant. With his baby? Oh, so they were already fucking. That's why I was like, I don't think those strippers had anything to do no. with the divorce. I don't think she cared at all. She was already out the door There's on another... A quote from Elizabeth Taylor because she does get married, spoiler alert, seven times. Wow. Eight. She gets married eight times in her life. For what? And there is a For quote. There, we'll get there. There was a quote where someone was like asking her about it or something and she basically said, well, I'm not a slut. Which I don't think is what they asked her. But she was basically <laughs> saying, I've only ever slept with men that I was married to. Okay. Which I heard her say that and I was like, not in that order though, Elizabeth, and you know it. Yeah. But but I mean... But I, she- so I think that 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 you know i think she that ended up getting married to those guys a, i think that as she keeps getting married it's in her mind that that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and yeah. in her in her defense it's 1957 it is what you're supposed to do you so have they to get consummate married consummate the marriage 
three she's three months pregnant with her daughter liza love that uh who's born i don't think i have her exact birthday but she's born liza liza later Taylor. that year okay mike todd was a powerful guy now he wasn't like a super successful producer necessarily he was mm-hmm. successful but he's not like a louis b mayer you know what i mean he's not like one of those famous producer guys he's no um who's producing things now he's no dick wolf if you will we all know dick wolf who doesn't good old dick but he was i feel like because you've like we I'm not saying that we've been so sort of successfully working in Hollywood, but we've been hanging out around here and around people that have successfully and unsuccessfully worked in Hollywood. So you've definitely heard yeah. of this type of person where he's just sort of like a big kind of tough guy that you don't want to mess with. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of an old school movie producer in that way. Uh, Although okay. I guess this isn't old school anymore because it was in the 50s, but you know what I right. mean? Right. Okay. So he's got a little like mob boss mafia thing going on. I think, yeah, I don't think he's really involved in anything illegal, but he's definitely got that vibe around him of like, a, you don't want to mess with me. Yeah. Yes. Which fits okay. perfectly well. Does this not? Is this not fitting her perfect yeah. goal in life That's, with the man? He's going to protect her. He's going to provide from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I her dream was to get married to Mike Todd and never have to act again. You know. Wow. Would that is that something she'd actually have enjoyed? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But that's you know that's what she wanted. That's what she was excited to do in 1957. Yeah. He produced the movie Around the World in 10 Day and 80 Days, not in 10 Days. <laughs> <laughs> Around the World in 80 Days and love that uh, movie. Well, I love the, the one from 1957. No, I love the Jackie Chan version of that movie. Yeah, I thought I thought that was the one. <laughs> uh, he also had what I personally am going to call a sidekick in okay. famous singer Eddie Fisher, Carrie Fisher's dad. Oh, wow. So Mike and Elizabeth would often go on double dates with Eddie because Eddie was just like, it was kind of like he was Mike's shadow. He wanted to be just like Mike Todd. He was, you know, mentor-mentee relationship, you know, uh-huh. very much like they would go to a restaurant. Mike would order steak. Eddie would order steak. Mike would say, actually, I don't want the steak. I'll have the chicken instead. Eddie's going to be like, you know what? Let me I get the, the chicken, chicken instead. Uh, so Mike and Elizabeth would often go on double dates with Eddie and his wife, movie star, and again, icon, Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> Icon. Iconic. Icon. An iconic icon. And uh, Debbie and Eddie were the best man and matron of honor at Mike and Elizabeth's wedding. Whoa. Yeah. So cool. Elizabeth adored Mike and called him a great love of her life. They fought often, which Elizabeth Mm. liked, as we've discussed. Yo, yeah. And it was like she finally found someone who could protect her, provide for her, worship her, and put her in her place. She like wanted both. She wanted you to, you know, love and appreciate how beautiful she was you know she also wanted some guy that was able to like put her in her place and keep her grounded i guess yeah elizabeth started filming cat on a hot tin roof in 1958 which also starred Paul Newman, who might be the most handsome man to have ever lived. Okay. And was not gay. Ooh. Was not well, gay. That's a, that's a win for the ladies, man. Uh, it was a win for one lady because he was married happily for like 50 years. Wow. He's also, I mean, you know, good yeah. for them. It's really not. I don't need to have an attitude about it. Good for them. Two weeks into filming on March 22nd, 1958, Mike Todd had to go to New York to accept an award. Elizabeth wanted to fly with him, but since she was still recovering from a cold, she stayed home. His private plane crashed in New Mexico killing everyone on board. Wow. Elizabeth didn't get out of bed for weeks. Oh, I can imagine. Goddamn. When she did go back to work, it was only because the studio was pressuring her and she knew that Mike had a bunch of uh, debts that needed to be paid off. Because mm. he Yikes. was a businessman, you know? He was a businessman. Yeah, yeah, he's He was doing wheeling. business stuff. Wheeling and dealing. And sometimes business stuff works out, sometimes it doesn't, but you keep going, you keep doing yeah, business that's, stuff. That's, that's business. That's business. But when you die, your debts have to go to your wife. Uh. <laughs> And that's like... So so there's that. Yeah. She said that acting was the only way that she could function after Mike's death, that becoming her character...
character in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof was, mm. you know, at least she wasn't yeah, herself. a little therapeutic, you know. Yeah, which Cat on a Hot Tin Roof is a great movie, and it's a great play. And she was, I mean, obviously amazing in it. Yeah. She also started spending time with Eddie. It seemed like they were the only two people in the world who loved Mike that much, and so they sort of bonded in their grief. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. After a while, though, Debbie started wondering why Eddie wasn't coming home, and their affair became public and a huge oh, scandal. Like, Elizabeth, I can't... Say it ain't so... I, like, the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie drama when we were oh, young, we were kids. That was horrible. Double for that. Jen. Double yeah. that. Wow. That's wow. how bad it was. That's how big of a deal it was. Everyone was talking about it. It was the only thing everyone could... Because you gotta imagine, it's like, it's Brad and Angelina, but you're in a world where divorce is not common. Yeah. And sex outside of marriage is not publicly acceptable. Right. It's crazy. So everyone is but I mean, going nuts. I guess on, on his end, because her husband is dead, though. Exactly! Which is Sorry. even more... Eddie maybe is the villain here. Spicy. <laughs> but guess who was treated like the villain? The man, of course. No, not the man. Elizabeth, oh, Elizabeth Taylor is your... Elizabeth Taylor's your home-wrecking oh. whore, naturally. Well, Adrian, I kind of see that, too. Not that I, I agree. Like, I could just see I it. I feel like Elizabeth was the villain to everyone like but Debbie, who was just like, fuck it. What the fuck, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure. And I Aww. guess to be, I mean, I'm not trying to be fair to Eddie, but definitely the excuse used by Eddie was that his marriage to Debbie Reynolds was really like a PR thing for them. Oh. And Debbie's like, sure, it is a PR thing, but we also have two children. Yeah, like we so, have some, we have some stakes here, some yeah, big skin in the so game. So what's going on? Yeah, MGM yeah, used yeah, the scandal yeah, yeah. to sell her movie, as always, to sell Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. We love that. But Elizabeth was really kind of the villain for a while. Mm. She and Eddie got married in May of 1959. Wedding number four. Too many. Too many to count. Okay. Uh, She owed MGM one more film before she'd be free of her contract. So she starred in Butterfield 8, which was released in 1960. And now we get to the interesting part. The story goes that she was in her bath, minding her own business, when Fox called to ask her to star in Cleopatra. Okay. She didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So she said, okay, I'm going to give them a crazy number, and then they'll leave me alone. I'm going to give them a number so high and say, this: I want you to pay me this much money. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a crazy number. They're going to say, that's ridiculous. No. And then she doesn't have to do it. Yeah. They agreed to pay her the $1 million that she asked for. Wow. Making her the first actress to be paid that much for a role. Yeah. Big time, Elizabeth big time now you gotta put your money where your mouth is seriously i know she was like God, literally he's like jesus christ i gotta do this again mm-hmm. nothing was easy about this movie though oh, i bet and multiple books and movies have been made about this movie about the, like making, the making of this of movie it? yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And mostly about the elizabeth taylor richard burton aspects of it but also for the production oh. itself was crazy <laughs> okay originally the producers wanted the movie to be filmed in rome you know we thought cool we've got yeah. sort of natural sets already here we should film in rome yeah but it was too expensive so they were like, okay, that's mm. too expensive. We're going to film in London. We're going to film at the Pinewood Studios, which are still functioning today. I think it's where Harry Potter filmed. Wow. Okay. I think it's where like Doctor Who films and stuff. Like I think, st- I think it's where the Avengers filmed. Seriously? I think it's, so it's still a big studio in London. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So they go to Pinewood and they build a bunch of sets and started work. Elizabeth gets there. There's a kerfuffle because her hairdresser is an American hairdresser. Like her specific hairdresser is an American mm-hmm. hairdresser. And because they're working in in London, all of the other hairdressers are mad because they're union and you can't bring someone that's not in their union onto their oh, set. So Elizabeth uh-huh, has uh-huh. to get her hair done at the hotel by her hairdresser and then she'll come to set and the hairdresser uh-huh. won't come to set. There's a whole drama about that that takes a while to 
iron out. But then once it's ironed out and then she comes in, she films a nude scene in like 40 degree weather. She's outside? It's an outdoor nude scene? I don't know if it's outdoors or not. It might be like a half out, half in situation, mm. you know? Because mm-hmm. like if she's supposed to be in ancient Egypt, it might be an open air bathroom situation. Oh, you get sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. But wherever she was, it's cold. Yeah, okay. So she got sick. Ooh, rough. Because she, she was out in the cold naked. Yeah, that, that'll do it. That'll do it. It's just a few weeks into filming and she gets a cold. Her cold became pneumonia. Yikes. And she needed an emergency tracheotomy in March of 1961. Jesus Christ. One of the papers even falsely reported that she had died and printed like an obituary for her. Wow. Rude. Elizabeth credits this illness because she did almost die. Yeah. With gaining her enough sympathy to not only overcome the whole home record thing, but also to win her first Oscar for Butterfield 8, which she did Yay. win like right after she got better. Gang, 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 gang. And so it was like her. they were voting while people were saying she was dying. Yeah. So they're like, so oh, she's we, like, this I, is... I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Because like, and to be fair to her, she's good in Butterfield 8, but it's not her best role. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know what was nominated that year. So maybe it was the best that year. Maybe it was, man. Maybe. After, after recovering, she goes back to work. But by now, it's been months. And production has kind of had to sort of fall apart and rebuild itself yeah. while she was gone. Literally, right. they had to rebuild the set because they moved production to Rome. Oh, they were like, fuck this. We're just actually yeah. going to go to Rome. I don't know if it got cheaper. I don't know if it's like a weather thing. And they were just like, well, we really can't film in London right now because of the weather. <laughs> I don't know if it was cold. because like we literally almost killed Elizabeth Taylor. So maybe we should go somewhere warmer. Like, I don't know. But they yeah. did go to Rome. So they had to sort of break down all the sets they build and bring what they could to Rome. Everything that they had already shot, which was not nothing because they had, you know, even after she got sick, they continued to work in the few scenes that they could that yeah. didn't have her. Mm-hmm. But then because she was sick for so long, they had to hire new leading males for both Caesar and Mark Antony because the original two actors, Mark Anthony, had scheduling problems, you know? Right. They, like, yes. They're like, we're supposed to be done filming and we haven't started yet. Yeah. Crazy. Rex Harrison was hired to play Caesar and Richard Burton was hired as Mark Anthony. <gasps> they the met for the second fate, time. Man. Twist of fate. On January 22nd, 1962. It was meant to be. It kind of, it feels like it was because it's just like, he was not in this movie before. Yeah. And they were filming in like rainy, gross London, mm-hmm. which I love London. I'm not saying it's rainy and gross, but like compare that mm-hmm. to like Rome in the summer. Yeah. Beautiful. Picturesque. Easy to the fall in love there, babe. The backdrop you could have. Yeah. He tried to ignore her at first, but then finally walked over to her and said, has anyone ever told you that you're a very pretty girl? And Elizabeth <laughs> just like rolled her eyes and then like ran back to the like makeup trailer or whatever and was like, can you <laughs> believe he said that to me? But it was like the perfect thing to say to her because it was just enough. People are usually fawning over her. Yeah. And the way he said it was like just enough to like be clear that he was like teasing her a little bit and she was yeah. like, mm. like, like she like laughed that. she was like oh isn't it isn't it? i thought he was such a charmer and that's his line but then she thought about it all night you know so <laughs> yeah. it's like maybe he was right <laughs> maybe he is good at this maybe that is true don't know very soon they were having an affair Oof. Oof. eddie was on set don't even worry about it wow eddie was on set but pas would scramble to make sure that he didn't come looking for her at the wrong time like wow. that like the people on set were like she had the whole crew in on it <laughs> i don't even think they were in on it i th- i think that elizabeth 
Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton didn't give a fuck and they were going to have sex when they wanted to when yeah, they weren't like actively filming. But then know? other people they had were to going know. to hook well, up. The PAs had to know about it at least. Yeah, the people that are in charge of getting them where they're supposed to be know when they're in like the trailer and the trailers are rocking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think the PAs took it upon themselves to be like, shit's going to go down if Eddie Fisher like walks oh, in. Yeah. So well, they're for doing all the of deed. our sanity, let's keep him out. For and sure. And he would just be like, hey, is Elizabeth here? I want to show her something. And they're like, she's gone. Leave. <laughs> she's not here. Leave. She's not ever coming back. Oh, she's at the hotel. You should go look for her there. <laughs> you should leave. What? Uh, Sybil was also on set sometimes, but she was kind of used to looking the other way at this oh, point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I think that Sybil probably knew immediately and just kind of like, as much as you could not care, didn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think probably didn't actually come on set that much for that reason. Yeah. She but she was, was there. Just- you know? This is messy. I don't need to be here to see all this. And she, I know that she was there all the time because they did have little kids that she was obviously taking care of. Mm-hmm. And also his whole family loves Sybil. This is becoming a problem as he continues. Mm. In my opinion, I think that this is a situation where two people accidentally found their soulmate. I think Elizabeth was as surprised as anyone when she realized that she like wanted Richard to leave his wife and she wanted, she wanted this for real. I think, you know, they were hooking up and then they weren't just hooking up. Yeah. Oh, she was the one who initiated the... No, I don't know. I mean, we're it. not in the rooms there. We're not in the room there, but lots of stuff are happening, you know? But I mean, I that think makes it, sense, Meb. You know? I don't Especially know if those how... words specifically were said, but I think that it became clear to everyone that knew them personally mm-hmm. that this was, it got real, real fast. Yeah, yeah. And that everyone in their actual lives had an opinion. Oh, for, I mean, how could you not? They hooked up all over the set until the press found out, and it was in every newspaper. Oof. Like, you thought the Debbie Fisher, Eddie Fisher, love triangle thing was a big story and it was yeah this was huge yeah huge astronomical people just finished talking about the first affair and she's like guess what i got a sequel yeah (laughs) kidding i found my actual lover just Um, kidding you remember that time that a whole family eddie fisher destroyed his whole family to marry me well guess what (laughs) (laughs) about six months later he gave me the egg so we are done yeah i'm actually not into him anymore i genuinely think that elizabeth very quickly simply got the ick of eddie fisher and didn't want him around because it what? I think that she just is he yes, icky I feel like he wanted to be Mike Todd so bad oh that's kind of icky and like when Mike Todd has just died and you're really sad about it yeah. that might be something you want around but when yeah. you're trying to have your own personal memories and grieving process for the person as you move forward in your life yeah to then be around someone that's just badly pretending to be them yeah can't let it go can't I get it The photographers that followed them on motorbikes were the inspiration for the term paparazzi. As Fellini, the film director, (laughs) was in Rome while they were while they were filming Cleopatra, Uh and he saw them sort of being followed around by the paparazzi and the like buzzing noises that the their motorbikes were making Uh reminded him of mosquitoes, which is what the term paparazzo like means. Oh, means mosquitoes. (laughs) Yeah, or it, 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 it either it either is like that's either the word for mosquito or it's close to the word for mosquito mm-hmm. in Italian. Got you. And okay. then in uh, La Dolce Vita, Fellini's you know masterpiece movie. Yeah, he has a like a paparazzi kind of character, a photographer buzzing around following people like that, and he credits that character in the movie as paparazzo. Like that's character's name is paparazzo. Oh, 
interesting. Okay. And that so started right. the calling photographers like that paparazzi and Yes. That started yes. them. And it's gotcha. because of them. Wow. Richard said later, it's like fucking Khrushchev. I've had affairs before. How did I know the woman was so fucking famous? He was just <laughs> like, what's going on? Wait, Richard didn't know? He knew she was famous. He, I think it's the kind of thing that's like... Is he pulling like a Simone Biles husband right now, Richie? No. No. I think he's making a comment on just how crazy it was. Kind of uh, like, to be similar, kind of like when people are asking Travis Kelsey a hundred times what he uh, thinks of the whole Taylor Swift thing. So annoying. I think he's just kind of like, who knew that this many people would care? Yeah. Like, this is an absurd amount of attention to get for a perfectly normal human thing. Like, I, yeah. I could see you having some interest in people dating, but like, he was yeah. like, this is crazy. Yeah, I guess so. Richard, Richard family asked him to end it with Elizabeth, so he tried to, but he just couldn't stay away from her. On February 17th, 1962, Elizabeth took a bunch of sleeping pills after they had a fight and she had to have her stomach pumped. Oh, God. Um, there was a picture of them kissing on a yacht that went, I mean, viral, viral. before viral was a yeah. thing. You know, it went everywhere. And yeah. it led to even the Vatican came out against them. Wow. And they denounced Elizabeth's, and I quote, exotic vagrancy. <laughs> I don't know I, what that means, but that sounds great. Legend, I, I am fully for her exotic vagrancy. I Yeah, literally. Legendary gossip columnist Luella Parsons wrote that the massive amount of publicity, quote, ought to have killed them. Oh. So it was, you know, the biggest story of the biggest story of the biggest story. Right. Yes. Go on. And so while I don't know at what point in Richard Burton's career he was asked this, but at some point Lawrence Olivier asked Richard Burton, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, whether he wanted to be a great talent or a mm -hmm. great star what is okay interesting and he phrasing said both. there well it was like the idea of whether or not you want to devote yourself to the theater and the um and acting as a cause yeah. acting as a vocation and being the best actor that you can possibly be or, uh -huh. or if you want to be a movie star okay was was what Lawrence Olivia was basically asking was like do you want to be talented or do you want to be famous right okay and Richard Burton said both I mean said, that both did I stutter both they don't seem like mutually exclusive. So. I, yeah, I think that's how he felt too. And then I think that Lawrence Olivia was basically being like, well, you know, go go for it then, I guess. I think there's a, an <laughs> attitude from theater actors. Less so, I think less so now and less so as, you know, things continue and things change. But certainly yeah. back then when you were a super talented actor or you were a movie star. Say that again? You were a super talented actor or you were a movie star. The great talent and test of actors still to this day, I think, is the ability to do stage work. Oh, Oh, so like theater. Yeah. Okay. Because this whole time, Richard is also doing theater and is really good in theater and all this stuff. Sure, you know? sure, sure, sure. So it's sort okay. of like, are you going to take your talent away from the stage just to do, just to be a movie star? And he was like, I think I am. I mean, it pays a little better. He, you know, he wanted to be famous for being talented. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um... Where'd I go? Where'd I go? Where'd I go? Eddie called a party once and Richard answered the phone. And when he asked Richard, what are you doing in my house? Richard replied, I'm fucking your wife. <laughs> so Eddie definitely knew. Yes. <laughs> like he knew. Ugh, rough, rough. He just, you know. But also, damn, Richard. It's a good line though. on that guy. I mean, you know, I've answered the phone in your house. Why are you even asking me the follow-up question That's, if we're being yeah. honest? It's like, we'll just try harder a little. Yeah. So I think for Elizabeth, like I was saying, that Eddie was just too desperate to be Mike Todd and she was just sort of not 
not into it anymore. She yeah. said later that she absolutely married him in the throes of grief. Yeah. And so maybe if they had waited a little longer. You know. And I also think that the <laughs> level of the scandal when they first got in their affair can't be oversaid, overstated, you know? Yeah, it seems there like There probably Elizabeth... was a feeling for her that was like, well, if I've done all this and caused this much trouble to people, we have to get married. I can't have broken up this family. You're you know what so I mean? nice to her, Matt, which I get because you love yeah, her. I do I love get her. it. But she's just, I think it was a lot of things. She's, you know, I she's just, a bit toxic and I and then I mean I mean you say it in a bad way. way. In her own <laughs> in way. In the best way. And yeah. to be fair, I feel like even after after she got through the divorce and the hard times, Debbie Reynolds and Elizabeth Taylor were friends for she the rest of their lives. She just loves the chaos you know? a bit, Mav. You know, she loves <laughs> the chaos. She, she'll she do it for the she plot. She definitely does. She, <laughs> regardless if she's thinking about like, whatever's going down plot. in the future. I love and, her. I mean, you know, you got to respect that a bit, but like, let's, 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 it's like, let's count them how we see them, Mav, okay? She's, she's a little problematic in the, in like the yeah. funnest and spiciest of Ways. Well, and I feel like she's she makes bad. She definitely hurts people in some of the choices that she makes, right? But mm-hmm. she's doing them for honest reasons. And I feel in the end, like in the end of her life, in the end of everyone that's affected, it is what uh-huh. it is. You know, years wow. after the fact, after they got, I'm not done. After uh-huh. they got done with the divorce and she had sort of moved on, Debbie Reynolds became very good friends with Elizabeth Taylor. Again. Yeah, you. And they actually sure. did a movie together when they were older, and it's just sort of like water under the bridge. And I feel like a part of Debbie Reynolds was like, honest, thank God I got away from him. You know, at least I got out of that <laughs> shitty ass marriage and sure. moving on with my life. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. I'm not, I think I'm not, that Eddie's the one that was that. married. You know, Eddie's the one that left his kids, that left his wife. Sure. Ultimate okay. villain's Eddie, in my humble opinion. Eddie couldn't have left his kids and his wife and his marriage for air, for a ghost, for nothing, yes, he, for nobody. All, yeah, he could have. No, he could have. I mean, he, people, he, he, he dads wouldn't leave have, all the man, time. I, I, I'm not saying you don't know he's what not he, to blame. You don't know what he would have done. <laughs> I you don't know guarantee what he you. Done. I, I guarantee think that you he wouldn't have done it for, he wouldn't have just done it because I like, guess so. he didn't like but her. But like, no, no, I, I, listen, I think that he was offered Elizabeth Taylor and he said, yes, please. Of course. But then I, I mean, also not think that course, he like, was like, Elizabeth offered herself. I think he was truly obsessed with Mike Todd <laughs> to an unhealthy level. <laughs> maybe like, he I really wanted to sleep with that. Mike Todd. I literally, I think he did. I think he desperately wanted that. <laughs> And I think that in large part, he married Elizabeth so that he could be more like Mike Todd. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, the closest I, that, he could ever get to Mike Todd. That's so toxic. And Never. also, she had just <laughs> lost her husband. Listen, I'm, listen, it's, it, we don't need to take sides. It's, we're not taking it's sides. Anti, I it's just, anti-Eddie all the way for me. I, I know, I, I got that. I am, I am fully aware and of I'm where you stand. And I'm about to. I'm going to, there's another sentence here that I think might help my case. Okay. Do you, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. She also told a story about a time where she woke up to see Eddie sitting and watching her sleep while aiming a gun at her. She heard him say, don't worry, Elizabeth, I'm not going to kill you. You're too beautiful. So she gathered up the kids and left immediately and they never slept in the same house again. That is very weird. That was in the book that I've read before and forgot. I forgot about that completely. But I just, I listen, I feel like Eddie Fisher is kind of sinister as a human being. Oh, for sure. I mean, that And it's just like- that's, That's crazy. Pretty unnerving. It is. And the but, like, you know, I'm not going to kill you. You're too beautiful. It just also, I feel like she was, you know, focused on other things at the moment. But then afterwards, when she was thinking about it, she was probably also just like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, also, I'm a person. You should not well, want to kill me for 
so many reasons besides just I'm pretty. I mean, sure. What the hell is going on? Yes. But that that notion still stands today. Not that it's any less weird or unacceptable. Also weird that you would say that while pointing a gun at someone. But don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. I just have the means to kill you in my hand. Correct. Elizabeth still kept on with Eddie even past that. No, she didn't. She left. I mean, she she left and they left the house and they were never in the same house again. Right. They didn't sleep together. Like that's when their separation started. It took the divorce took a while. The divorce took a while. They divorced in March of 1964 after a lot of battles and forth. Eddie, I think, was very mad about the affair and used the divorce as a way to pro- like prolong everything. Yeah, punish her a little bit. Yeah. As divorces do, you know, as people do yeah. now. That's like a whole... And I, I mean, I, I'm i sure she was annoyed about it, but I also feel like she's just like, Eddie, can we please? Can we please just get divorced? I'm so <laughs> yeah, tired just, of this. Let's just end this and be done. They had it. no kids together, thankfully. Well, that's good. They were, I'll get to in a, a second. They were, they were starting to adopt, but they didn't finish the adoption together. Okay. Well, um, they finished filming the movie in July of 1962, and they went there. And Richard and Elizabeth went their separate ways. Briefly, wow. Elizabeth went to her Swiss villa to sort of hide out and relax. Interestingly, Richard also went to his house in Switzerland. Wow! Look on at just that. the other side of the lake. Whatever, a little, lake a little it was. Quinky dink. Could, have, could never have thought that could happen. Richard had a house in Switzerland with his family for tax purposes, I guess, and I'm sure Elizabeth mm-hmm. did too. Elizabeth had multiple houses, huh? okay. so. It's possible that she she went to Switzerland on purpose, and he went to Switzerland because that's where he lived. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't know. We would say, let's go with that one, Bev. That seems pretty accurate. Um, she wrote him a letter saying that even though she loved him, their affair was hurting everyone that they loved, so they should stay away from each other. A few weeks after that, he drove to her villa for a visit. They like he didn't drive to like her house. They both went to like a hotel nearby her house, mm-hmm. and she had her parents drive her. And like it's just kind of cute the way they were talking about it. As they were. Both, both Elizabeth and Richard were like shy when they first like saw each other again. It mm-hmm. was sort of like they were like, hi, I forgot how to be around you. It was kind of like they had a first date after they'd been hooking up for a year. Yeah. Um, he met her parents and they liked him, you know, no, no problems. Mm-hmm. They had lunch together and they kind of had like a first date to get to know each other. And like they talked about their goals and lives and how much they have in common. They left that day without kissing each other, but they promised to see each other again. Elizabeth. Elizabeth said that they had an unselfish love and is quoted as saying, I loved Richard so much that for the first time it was an unselfish love. I didn't want to marry Richard because I didn't want him to be unhappy. I didn't want Sybil to be unhappy. I would have been perfectly content to just talk to him on the phone every once in a while. And maybe she would have. I don't know. They didn't Uh do that though. They got married. Yeah, I mean he definitely got divorced and him and Sybil were definitely unhappy because of it. You know what I mean? And it's like maybe that's him you know? Okay, but Soon, Soon after that Soon after that meeting, they started their second film together called huh? The VIPs because the publicity from the first, you know, of the scandal thing had gone yeah. so crazy that they basically right. booked this movie off yeah. of scandal alone. Oh, for sure. Like, and they were filming. They started filming in London mm-hmm. um, and they started having an affair immediately. You know, yeah, they got like con- they got like conjoining rooms in the hotel or something like that. Like they were it was on immediately. Uh-huh. Elizabeth sent Richard to ask Sybil for a divorce at some point in the filming. Mm. And so but he basically went to his house where Sybil was knocked on the door and she answered and was like are you coming inside and he was like yeah and just like didn't ask her for the divorce it's like he was like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it she answered the door and he's like oh hi y'all come inside you know what i mean just like immediately (laughs) takes the easy way out and just doesn't do it but by the end of filming the movie he had come to a decision and he actually did go and actually ask sybil for a divorce which she agreed to and i think was pretty chill you know i don't 
don't think it was nearly as dramatic as uh, Eddie. I don't think she was trying to punish him. For sure. She seems, you know, women are usually better at those kind of things. And she knew, you know, she, yeah. he, you know, he had been treating her less than she deserved for years. She should have gotten the divorce, but I don't yeah. know if that's even allowed at this time. But maybe she life. didn't. I don't know what she wants. I don't know why anyone does what they do, but yeah. it, it was not um, a huge shock to her, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, and they do have two kids together and, you know, she's a strong, you know, no nonsense kind of person. So yeah. that seems like an, an easy divorce that works best for the kids and everyone else is going to be fine. For sure. Uh, but Sybil didn't speak to him ever again. So she was a little mad. Checks Their out. divorce was finalized in 1963. Okay. Cleopatra was also released in 1963 and was a huge box office success. It is known as a colossal failure. It is sort of referred to as if it's like one of the biggest flops in Hollywood. Wow. But okay. it was one of the highest grossing movies that year and it oh. made its money back a few years later when I don't remember who but somebody like Disney maybe? Somebody bought the TV rights to put it on oh. TV and then it made it. You know by then it had made it. Gotcha. It was yeah. crazy expensive. It was something like $400 million in today's money kind of expensive. Wow. You know? Yeah. So it definitely didn't. It took a while to make its money back and yeah. people also blame this movie for Fox having to like sell all of their back lot out and mm-hmm. I'm just like whose fault is that though? That's not if one movie pushed you over the edge then what's yeah. going on? Some poor business decisions there maybe. Uh, they returned to the States where Richard starred in a modern sort of black box version of Hamlet which got rave reviews and they did a mo- another movie together called The Sandpiper. Okay. They got married on March 15th 1964. They also finalized the adoption of a young girl named Maria. Elizabeth oh. had started the adoption process while she was married to Eddie so it kind of took a while to like get Eddie's name off of the papers get Richard's yeah. name put on the papers you know mm-hmm. it was kind of a it was a whole yeah. thing but yes. that went through and um maria burton is their child together you know cute okay uh the whole family sometimes including richard's kids but almost often including all of elizabeth's kids sometimes i think her uh sons are with their dad you know but you know liza's with her 24 7 right okay but they all settled in together to live their lives together on this like big mega yacht mm-hmm. because they didn't want to pay taxes oh and if you live in the sea you yeah don't have to pay taxes so for a while they kind of bounced around it didn't say anywhere long enough and also elizabeth had like dogs that she wanted to travel with but didn't want them to have to be like quarantined because sometimes if you travel with your dog it has to be quarantined oh. for certain places before you go like i right. think if you go if you want to take your dog to london it needs to be quarantined for a week or something like that okay interesting um they were known to lavish each other with gifts particularly richard getting elizabeth really expensive jewelry her jewelry Ooh. collection was like legendary like you know that big diamond <laughs> in uh the titanic yes the in in what's her face is the necklace yeah. yeah they were like all that level of diamond you know what i mean oh it was crazy, crazy. they also fought all the time often in front of guests and like at parties and things like they were not shy about fighting in front of people he would make fun of her looks and call her fat she would make fun of his career and his alcoholism which was steadily growing every year yikes yikes man people would book hotel rooms underneath them and stand like with glasses to their ears up at the ceiling <laughs> to try and like listen in and overhear their fights. Wow. It seems like Crazy. the fights were kind of foreplay. Oh. Although over time the like little truths behind the insults kind of do start to affect you more and more. Yeah. Not the physical stuff though because I, I think even though he was like making fun of her appearance I 
think it was very much a like, I'm making fun of you because you're the most beautiful woman in the world. And it's ridiculous to think that anyone would not be attracted to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she yeah. was like gaining weight. She was like, um, Elizabeth Taylor's not the tallest person. I think she's only like five, three or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's very curvy, has always been curvy. So it's like, she can definitely gain weight, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah, get yeah, yeah. even curvier. Yeah. And uh, as she's getting older and like having children, like she's gaining weight, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Once when she was suffering from back pain and worried that she would become crippled, because again, she was always kind of sick. Like she always had illnesses and things were, you know, things were going wrong with her health wise for a lot of her life. Yeah. And there was a time when she was getting a lot of back pain and she was worried that she was going to have to be in a wheelchair or something like that was going to happen to her. And she basically asked him, like, would you still love me if I couldn't walk or whatever? Mm-hmm. So when she asked if uh, if he would still love her, he, he talked about it later and he said, she asked if I would stop loving her if she had to spend the rest of her life in a wheelchair. I told her that I didn't care if her legs, bum, and bosoms fell off and her teeth turned yellow and she went bald. Oh. I love that woman so much sometimes that I cannot believe my luck she has given me so much. Well, that's the reassurance that... Uh, I know. Well, she also... I mean, when you go around your whole entire life, people telling you how beautiful you are, I think that people making... Like, I think that your husband making fun of you for like, oh, you have a double chin. Like, she's like, I could care less. You know? Yeah. Like, I have been valued on my looks this whole time and I'm happy to not be anymore. You know? Yeah. Still, I would personally not like it. <laughs> I would personally say quit that. Quit making fun of me like that specifically. <laughs> yes, um, I'm very sensitive to... Stop doing that one. Make fun of me for other things. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, Richard starred in Beckett with Peter O'Toole, which was a great movie. Mm -hmm. And they are lifelong friends and all kinds of stuff. And they were both amazing in it. And they were both nominated for the Oscar that year. And they both lost to Rex Harrison. Wow. Caesar for My Fair Lady. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that map. Crazy. How about that? What a quinky ding. Uh, He also starred in Night of the Iguana, which was also starring Ava Gardner, who is a beautiful scene siren, if you will. And when Elizabeth found out that Ava Gardner was in the movie, Elizabeth said, you know what? I am going to be on set. She got a little jealous. Every day. Yeah. She was not willing to look the other way, like Sybil. (laughs) She's like, I will be supervising. Uh, Yeah. I will be present and make my presence known. They eventually do 11 movies together, the two of them. Wow, cool. The best, or like one of the best of them being the movie Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in 1966. Mm-hmm. It was oh, a huge yes. success. Oh, yes. Heard of that one. is one of the first films where people were more impressed with Elizabeth's talents than they were with her look. Oh, good for her. She won her second Oscar that year. He Love was that. nominated and did not win. Well, can't win them all. a little hard. They yeah. like didn't go. They stayed in their like house in, they have like a house in Mexico, uh, oh. Puerto Vallarta I think they have a house oh, in nice. Mexico it's fancy yeah. okay. and like the city that they have the house in is now like a big tourist destination because they had a house there wow. and it's so beautiful it's, it's a beautiful Puerto city Vallarta. too but like you know what I mean yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but they stayed at home and wa- like just listened I think to the like radio of the yeah. awards mm-hmm. and she won and then when he didn't it was like sorry <laughs> like they tried to make a joke of it and it was like but it was clear that he was like upset that he didn't win and that's a bummer yes. for him I mean you know you win some you lose some yeah and he's he's one of those actors that never won one and people are that people say is it's a tragedy that he never won you know oh yeah the kind of like how they were talking about leonardo dicaprio for a while where they're just like he should have one and he doesn't and this is crazy yes but he does now doesn't he he does now yeah yeah Um, okay they did zeffirelli's taming of the shrew which personally i love i love that movie i love taming of the shrew good times best all around zeffirelli's the guy that did the romeo and juliet that like 
like we probably watched in high school or whatever. Yeah. He did the Romeo and Juliet, not the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, ironically, but the one that's a little older than that with that girl that has the long dark hair. Oh. We had to watch it in school. Okay. Anyway, in 1968, Richard starred in a Clint Eastwood movie, which according to his daughter, he only did that movie because his kids were like begging him to do a movie that they could actually watch because he only does uh-huh. like old people movies basically. Yeah. And so he kind of like, I feel like that's his version of like, you know, when the celebrities voice cartoon characters or whatever. Yeah, he did something like, interesting. That so their kids can watch their movie. Which is, you know, fair and also make that money. In 1969, he starred in Staircase opposite Rex Harrison, where they played a bickering couple. They were like a gay couple. Aw. Yeah. Okay, I love that. I've never seen that movie, but I like want to now. Yeah. Um, at this point though, aside from a few highlights, a few of the highlights above, both of their movie careers are kind of starting to get worse and worse. Like the movies they're doing are just like, they're still making money and making movies, you know? But the yeah. quality is kind of going down critically, at least, mm-hmm. over the next couple of years. Yeah. In 1970, in 1970, Richard starred in Anne of a Thousand Days as King Henry VIII. Anne is, okay. of course, Anne Boleyn. Uh-huh. And it's about the sort of thousand day, like Anne of a Thousand Days is the thousand days before she's beheaded between the wedding and the beheading, if you will. Okay. So he's playing King Henry VIII, and he was rumored to have had an affair with his co-star Genevieve, Oof, who was only 27 rough. at the time. What a dick. He was 44. Gross. And Elizabeth was 37. Well, that age difference is fine, but... I, but I just mean that Elizabeth is 10 years older than the girl he's having an affair with, so she's pissed. Pissed about it. He's, he's you know, going for the younger crowd. Yeah. At least this time. In Ew. 1973, they starred in their last film together, Divorce His and Divorce Hers, or just Divorce His, Divorce Hers, which tells okay. both sides of a couple's divorce. It's like the first half of the movie is his point of view, the second half is her point oh. of view. It's a fitting movie for them to do together in 73 because they divorce in July of 1974. Okay. However, they still couldn't really stay away from each other and they got remarried on October 10th, 1975. Wow. <laughs> but, this, but the second marriage okay. lasted only about 10 months and they got divorced again in July of 1976. Oh, man. Just can't, can't keep them. Maybe she didn't okay. want him. Because again, they... he's, his alcoholism is getting progressively worse and hers uh, is also there, you know? It's present. So maybe, yeah. they're, maybe they're just not good for each other. In between their two marriages, he was very briefly engaged to the Princess Elizabeth of Yugoslavia. So that's fun for him. Sure. Interesting. Also yeah. weird. Okay. Um, I think in like, I didn't write the year down annoyingly, but shortly after after that, I think I think I didn't write the year down because it was a few months later. He got married to model Susie Miller. Okay. Um, he and Susie got divorced in 1982, and he married freelance production assistant Sally Hay. Freelance throughout- PA. Wow. Yeah. She yeah. really, she really came She's, up. Yeah. She got the She's promotion a, for real. I've got opinions about her, so we'll oh, continue. Okay. Throughout all this time, Richard and Elizabeth have been sharing phone calls and letters back and forth. Like I said, they do have, not only do they have like their adopted daughter together, yeah. but they also were married for 10 years. So he is very much in the lives of all of her children, you know? Yeah. Well, that's good. Probably particularly Liza because Liza's dad has died. Oh. You know what I mean? Liza Todd. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. And so it's like for the first, you know, for not the first 10 years of her life, but for, you know, all of her teenage years, he was her dad. Yeah. So they had a whole life together and so they still call and they write letters and they catch up. Yeah, that's um, nice. Keep it civil. Richard died from a brain hemorrhage on August 5th, 1984 at age 58. Oh, Jesus. I know. He's pretty young. Um, he had put his body through a lot with alcohol. Like he had a big drinking problem, you know, and he was told before this even happened that he had like enlarged liver or something like that you know like he was the drinking was already causing problems in his organs yeah 
But the brain hemorrhage, I don't know if that was caused by the alcohol or not. And I think he had gotten kind of sober before that. Okay. But, you know, you put decades of... Yes, it's hard to hard to come back from that. Yeah. For sure. He is buried in his home in Switzerland, or near his home in Switzerland. He and Elizabeth had discussed being buried together, but his widow of one year, they had been married for one year, one year, purchased the plot next to his and put up a large headstone that covered both lots, possibly to prevent Elizabeth from being able to be buried next to him. What a move. He also left most of his money to his wife. So they were married for a year and she's just like, she got the payday. Yeah. The payday, I think no one cares about, right? There's plenty of money going on around, whatever. Yeah. But like, like, yeah, whatever. It was like one thing for, it was like one thing when we were talking about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz where you're like, yeah, he was married to his second wife for like 20 plus years. Yeah. So you get it. That is what it is. They were married for one year and she's like, actually, I have all these opinions about what Elizabeth Taylor's allowed to do. And it's like, well, (laughs) shut up. By now, Elizabeth at the ripe old age of 44 is all washed up as a movie star. So Mm. she married a Republican politician named John Warner in December of 1976. Crazy. They got divorced in July, just so you know. (laughs) Cool. And she supported him through his successful Senate campaign in 1979. However, once she then got to D.C., she uh, was very bored. Mm. She, again, I think thought that she wanted to be the little woman sort of being taken care of and uh, she did not. She got really bored and they got divorced in 1982. Gossip columnist Liz Smith believed that these two marriages had been big fuck yous to each other. Susie Hunt was everything Elizabeth was not. She was tall, thin, and blonde. And John Warner was this handsome, sober, distinguished ex-Navy secretary who became a senator. It was just a continuous game of one-upsmanship. However, after she divorced Warner, as around the same time that Richard divorced uh Susie uh-huh. they were both sort of single at the same time again briefly mm-hmm. they attended a party together like he was her date to a party oh. and they went home that night and they spent the evening talking about their children and reminiscing mm-hmm. they even at some point in that like few month period did a play together called Private Lives in 1983 it was kind of it was um it was a hit but it wasn't critically beloved like it made money because they were like oh my god t- Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton together again you know, but it was yeah. like, it was not the best of plays quality wise. And they split up again and he went off and married that lady. <laughs> gotcha. Still, they gotcha, kept in contact gotcha. through okay. phone calls and letters. And of course, their children. Yeah. Because uh, like, you know, their kids are having kids now. They're grandparents together. Right. Yeah, they're, they're old. Elizabeth was absolutely devastated when Richard died. Soon after she heard the news, she received her last letter from him. Like he had mailed her a letter and then like uh-huh. died a day or two later. And so by the time the letter got to her, he had already was dead, you know? Uh-huh. And that letter is like her most prized possession. She held it close to her heart. Uh-huh. Richard's wife barred Elizabeth from attending the funeral. So she visited the grave on her own to pay her respects and just yeah. sobbed. Respectfully. In October 1991, Elizabeth married for the final time. She married construction worker Larry Fortensky. They met while they were both receiving treatment at the Betty Ford Clinic. I think oh. Elizabeth's was for alcohol and I don't know what his was for. So random and weird. They divorced in 1996, but Elizabeth still left him $825,000 in her will. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's nice. 
generous. She is quoted saying, after Richard, the men in my life were just there to hold the coat, open the door. All the men after Richard were really just company. Mm. Okay. Elizabeth Taylor is arguably one of the greatest movie stars to ever live. She dedicated her later years to AIDS research and was one of the first in Hollywood to raise money in the 80s when it was That's like really height. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paranoia the, about it. She was the pandemic, yeah. This is surely at least partially inspired by her lifelong friendship with Rock Hudson, who died of AIDS tragically. Um, yeah. She's fundraised millions of dollars with Amphar. And still to this day, like her Twitter account that's like run by people that use Amphar, like her legacy is still sort of wrapped up in that charity. Okay. She received the Presidential Citizens Medal in 2001. She died on March 23rd, 2011 at age 79 from heart failure. At her request, her funeral at Forest Lawn started 15 minutes late. She was late <laughs> to her own funeral. Love that actually, bro. So clever and funny. And there she is. And there she is. <laughs> And there she goes. And there she goes. I thank you, Matt. I learned so much. I honestly knew mostly nothing about Elizabeth Taylor other than her yeah. name before this. I was um, honestly surprised that you didn't know that she was married a whole bunch of times because I knew that she was married a whole bunch of times before no. I knew anything about her. That was like kind of the joke about her. Yeah. No, no. I, I was very... Knew nothing. Now I know a lot more. I In terms of uh, their relationship, you know, her with, with Richard. I, well, in general, I think Elizabeth sounds like someone who maybe like knew i don't know if she really knew herself that well or knew what she actually wanted in life or it just kept changing which all of yeah. them are fine you know and i do think she had a genuine love for richard I, you know and they had yeah. a real relationship and everything yeah. and i don't think it was like based off of you know i think it was based on love and not on anything yes. else but yeah. i don't know if it was ever going to be lasting or anything just because of the person elizabeth was yeah. you know i think that elizabeth knew what she didn't want you know until and she knew well yeah, she knew what she true. didn't want and when then she didn't want it as soon as she didn't want it and she was happy to get rid of it yes but when you think, have a million options when every option is open to you and has been you know she was like born rich born beautiful yes and just sort of i think how do you exist in this world and be more than just that that's so perceptive i i agree with you i mean I, I struggle i think i think that's you know, what you said it is right the whole you yeah. know if you have too many options like it's you can't make an option or choose whatever whatever you know and that was her entire life like she never yeah. she she lived that same sort of lavish luxurious uh, um i have everything you know yeah. i can choose from whatever her entire life and i think that definitely permeated into her personal life and her love life and she yeah like never made a choice i mean she did until she didn't you know and yeah and I, I i don't know if that could have ever been different for her like i don't know if there would have ever been one man that she could have met at any point in her life where she would have been like this is it i'm right because she is satisfied for forever she makes a lot of claims about mike todd you know what i mean because yeah. it was that's so tragic and that is really a sad part of her story and it's that's a big great unknown you know he's the only one that she sort of never yeah, dumped yeah, got to, if you yes, will you know yes yeah i agree maybe that was the guy and you know that and was it's either he either was the guy or he just wasn't but we never found out you know right yeah i mean he was the guy he was until he died you know, yeah. but I agree. If he would, if he would have remained alive, would have it would it have lasted? Honestly, he had a lot of businesses. We'll never know. Some of them were going well. Some of them weren't going well. That's true. I'm sure it would have not lasted. And the thing forever. about it, in their day to day life with Richard, which I, Richard's the only one, t from my point of view, that she really had a day to day life with mm -hmm. like that. They were married for 10 years, 11 years, if you count the second one. Yeah, it's a long time. They married for 10 years, 11 years, but it was the, they were married while their kids were growing up. 
so they were, you know, as much as they were being jet-setting movie stars, Liza still had to go to school. Yeah. Like, her son still had to go to school, and they still had to do stuff, and you know what I mean? So it was like, yeah. there was a level of domesticity that they, that they had that she didn't have with any of her other... Husbands. Husbands. Mm-hmm. I agree. Except for, I guess, Michael Wilding, if you can call it, but she got bored of that real quick. Yeah, I don't think she was ever really into that, uh, you know. I think that legitimately, they, they're really. less. So with Lucy and Desi, you are sad hearing about them because it seems like they were meant to be together. They could have made it work. They just needed to get through this rough path. You know, they Lucy and Desi would have been perfect people to grow old together and sort of be retired together. Yeah. It was the busyness of their life and their work schedules and all of the other stuff that was going on that sort of like ruined their relationship and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But even their kids talk about how like near the end, Lucy and Desi, like it was just so sad that they ended before they could just be two old people playing backgammon together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't feel the same way about Richard and Elizabeth. I don't know that they ever would have settled down into the old people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think they still would have been the fighting and like arguing people and jet setting until the very end. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know if they should have ended it, if it was the best thing for them. Obviously they did and everyone yeah. lived I mean, the life they lived. Yeah. I think things happened as they happened. Yeah. There's no it. sort of like, oh man, what if with them, especially because mm-hmm. they had that second wedding, you know, they mm-hmm. fully got divorced and then fully got married again. So they gave if it, it was going to work, it was going to work. Yeah. I agree. I agree, Mev. 100%. But yeah. I, I, I love them both individually. I don't think either one of them were like, the, you know, bad people. They were flawed sure, in their uh, own ways. Is, I think they yes. for sure did the most damage on themselves. Yeah. Which, who hasn't been there? <laughs> there you go. If you're going to hurt anybody, you might as well hurt yourself. Maybe we don't it's leave not on that a, note. That's not advice. <laughs> this is not a real advice podcast. <laughs> It is a real advice podcast. Write it down. Write it down. Write that down. Who is ever listening? Write you it know, down. And if you're if your maybe options just... are hurt yourself and hurt other people, I mean, I'm always going with hurting myself, but I'm not <laughs> sure that's what you should do. Make your own decisions. No. You should go talk to somebody if you're thinking about hurting anything. Oh, yeah, don't actually or hurt anyone. yourself. I meant they were like drinking themselves sick. And, but like, yes, you know what I mean. But no, even even in that sense, that's a that's yeah. a form of hurting yourself. And there's people to talk to about that yeah. as well. So if you're struggling. Please Google something. Do you have a better note that you want to leave it on? <laughs> or do you want me to read the sources? Um, um, you know what? Welcome to season three. So sources, sources. The two actual sources that I just really used for this uh, is the book Furious Love, Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, and the Marriage of the Century by Sam Kashner and Nancy Schoenberger. That book is really the, like the book, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. That I would recommend this book in general if you like. I love this book. I read it years ago and read it again and it's a good one. It is an easy read. It's a fun read. And it goes through their entire relationship. I actually, okay, I say I read it before a long time ago. I read almost all of this book a long time ago. Mm-mm. I didn't finish it because I didn't want them to break up. Aww. So I just like stopped it before their first 
their first breakup and was like, Cute. it's one of the things where you like stop reading the book and you're like, well, I'll finish it at some point. I just don't feel, and then I, no, I never yeah. finished it until well, I opened it up this time. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't, I did never read that. You knew where it was going, man. I knew so. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second book I used was the Richard Burton Diaries, which were edited by Charles Williams. It's a collection, obviously, of Richard Burton's writings. So that's why there are lots of quotes from him. Um, there are two movies that I know of that dramatize their relationship between Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. One is called Liz mm-hmm. and Dick. It's a Lifetime movie from 2012 starring Lindsay Lohan as Elizabeth Taylor. It <laughs> is exactly what it sounds like it would be. Yeah. So if you highly enjoyed all of this, maybe you'd have fun watching the movie, but take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Then there's a movie called Burton and Taylor with Helena Bonham Carter. Um, and some, I can't remember what that guy's name is, but Helena Bonham Carter plays Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm pretty sure that movie almost exclusively takes place after their divorce while they're doing that play together. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's an interesting timeline. But yeah, those two movies are available. I think they're both like made for TV movies, but feel free. Okay. And those are all my sources. I love it. I love it. And I learned so much and I know so much now. And Thank if I you. have any fun Thank facts you. in trivia or on crossword puzzles, yeah, it's locked in now, man. It's yes. locked in forever. And stay tuned next month, last <laughs> Friday of the month for episode, episode number two. Two. I Welcome don't know what we're talking about. Welcome to season three, everybody. I'm I so don't excited. even remember who we're talking about next episode. <laughs> it's going to be good though. Welcome to season three, everybody. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Goodbye. Woo-hoo.